0: Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, that you are manifesting, Lord, your peace in hearts. You're speaking to people. Thank you, Lord, that you're already at work and uh, for the opportunity for us to be together today in communion in community, Lord, that we could come into agreement with what you're doing. So, Lord, we just say yes and amen. We're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I am praying right now that you would, uh, you would use me, that you'd speak through me, that, uh, God, that what you're wanting to say would come across and be understood. Thank you for that, Lord. So we just give and set this rest of this time apart for you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Last week, we began a discussion concerning the purpose of God in your life. Now, the first service we had the whole time, second service was cut short because we had some other things going on and some testimony shared, and so it was really brief. Um, In the first service, I took time to walk the church through an exercise, an activation where we asked the Lord, God, what did you make me for? What's my purpose? And in that time, in that experience, hopefully many of you did that, even second service, hopefully many of you did that on your own, but... In that time, uh, many people heard from the Lord. Like, instantly. I, I got, I don't even know how many testimonies from you, having heard the Lord speak into your heart, into your life, reminding you of why he put you on this planet. Reminding you of things he has already talked to you about, but suddenly it came back to mind, and you remembered, oh, that's right, I'm called to be an overcomer. I'm a champion. I'm a commander. I'm one who moves in the power of God. These things, Holy Spirit began to speak to your heart. I'm a mother. I'm a father. These identity pieces of purpose were reminded in your heart. And in that, there is a safety. There's a solidifying of, wait a second. I remember why God put me here. And when you stand on that as a truth suddenly the world around you begins to make sense. The stuff you go through has a context. The experiences that come at you, you, go, you recognize, oh, that's a part of God's will for my life. I can see it. However, if you do not have that expression going on in your heart, if you're unsure what God made you for, then when the waves of life hit you, You get knocked off course, and then you're confused what's going on. We can be, in those moments, tossed to and fro, feeling displaced or not understanding what God's purpose is for us in the midst of that kind of experience. Is anybody alive this morning? I want to compare two experiences. I want to compare two lines of life that are happening all around you right now, and Even in this room, some of you are walking in one way and others are walking in the other. But I want you to take you back just right now to the Garden of Eden. At the very beginning, God created man, put them in the garden, and in that place, in that context of the garden, God gave them a purpose. He put them to work from day one. God created them and breathed into them, caused them to come to life. And in that moment, he goes, hey, here's your job. Here's your purpose. I need you to cultivate the garden. I need you to keep the garden. I need you to be fruitful and multiply. I need you to subdue the earth. This is your job. Day one, just born, here's your job. Purpose has been sown into humanity from the very beginning. If you are floating through life without a sense of purpose, you're lost at sea. And you know that you're supposed to be living a different type of life, but you don't know how to get to it. And that is what today is about. I'm going to walk you through how to anchor yourself in God's purpose. Are you alive? Come on. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I think this is going to be a good idea. He's going to be talking to you today. I think this is, I think this is the one that we've been waiting for, this, this uh, conversation. So... I, uh, I have f- uh, facilitated a school of ministry here at the house church. We, we had one for years. And uh, yeah, many of you are graduates. Uh, it was awesome. It was a really good experience. It, we came to a, the end of that season, um, and, and probably in the future we'll be launching something like that again. But when we came to the end of that season, looking back, reflecting, we saw so much good fruit out of it. Amazing. One of the exercises that we would do in the School of Ministry was asking people to write down a 100 dreams. Anybody remember this one, THSM students? 100 dreams. I, I've done this exercise with, with uh, entrepreneurs. I've done it with youth. I've done this exercise many, many times over. Asking them to dream up. I want you to write down on paper 100 dreams that you want to go after in your life. That process is not easy, by the way. It's actually pretty hard. You get like 20 into it, and you run out of ideas. Process 20 dreams out, and then suddenly you go, oh, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. How in the world am I going to come up with 80 more? And I encourage them. I say, listen, just keep persevering. Keep on it. About 70, right? About 70 dreams in, something's going to unlock, and you are going to be able to write 150 dreams. Something's going to unlock in your heart. Because you're a creative being with unlimited potential, and you are stuck in a life that has been resisting you. Now, I'm speaking prophetically to you right now, and hopefully it gives you a window into your own heart. You are living in an existence in this world right now that is resisting the creative potential of your life. And you have to break out of it. In the very beginning with Adam and Eve, they lived with an open heaven, ultimate and unlimited connection and communication with the Father. Nothing was denied to them. The two trees in the center of the garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were living eternal life. They didn't need to eat it. And they were getting wisdom from the Father, and so they did not need to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had unlimited wisdom. And they had unlimited life. There was no reason for them to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil until they were tempted by the devil. And in the deception of the devil, the serpent, in that deception convinces Eve that she's missing something. That if Adam and Eve would eat of that tree, then they would be awakened to a reality that they did not have access to currently that if they ate of the tree, they would receive wisdom. But were they lacking wisdom to begin with? No. They were connected to the source of all wisdom. All they had to do was ask, and they had answers to everything. It's like Google on steroids, right? Like AI to the ultimate. The connection with the Father was unhindered in that place. And when Adam and Eve ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their souls and their decision mechanism, their conscience is separated to where the man now was going to decide what good and evil were apart from the God consciousness of what good and evil was. They would decide to go their own way. The Bible calls that sin. For you to go your own way, not God's way, but your way, is sin. When Adam and Eve are awakened by wisdom, and they start to decide for themselves, their conscience Separated from the source of wisdom, is now having to make decisions for themselves. And the scripture says that it's impossible for man to discover God's way on their own. You won't be able to, with all of your efforts, ever be able to fulfill God's will apart from God helping you. You have to have that connection. God says to, or the reality of the situation is he has to push them out of the Garden of Eden, the place where eternity and the open heaven are. God sets them outside of the Garden of Eden, and in that moment he says to Adam, here's part of the repercussions, that in the garden you would plant a seed and fruit would be born. Trees would be born. The the garden extends and everything works according to your assignment. Your purpose just happens. They're not sweating and forcing their way. The garden is responding. The earth is responding to the call of God on their life. Their purpose is happening without sweat and toil. As soon as they are now doing it their way, God says to them, because you're trying to do it your way, everything that you grow is going to take sweat and toil. You're going to work the ground, and it's going to produce thorns and thistles, or decay. You're going to, the world is going to fight against the purpose of God in you. Spiritual atmosphere is no longer open heaven. It's now resisting you, by the way, because there are demons. There are spirits in this age. The spiritual atmosphere is like a jungle that is thick, and a canopy over you that is sucking the life out of you, like a humidity that won't quit. Anybody ever stepped off a plane of air conditioning into a humidity that won't quit? Just that, you know, like the Caribbean—no air conditioning, hot, hot, hot summer, just the heat, like it just on you. That, my friends, is the existence of a human being outside of the covering of Christ. You try to push back your environment, and you try to give birth to the things that's in your heart, and the world is resisting you. And it's hard, and you sweat, and you toil just to produce a little bit. That is life. The scripture says That Christ, Jesus, came to restore that which was lost. To produce and reveal a way for man's conscience, the sinful nature, the nature of man, the decision mechanism that always goes his own way, for that sense of man's nature to be buried in the grave and us united with Christ so that we leave our old nature behind, and we now function in the nature of Christ, united to God, now understanding and being connected to the source of creativity and wisdom. The open heaven happens again. Only this time, instead of an exterior garden, that garden is in here. You are the open heaven. You are the portal of God. You are Jacob's ladder. For those of you who are like, what in the world is he talking about? You're just going to have to buy the CD and listen again, okay? You're going to have to just, um, I got to keep going here. (laughs) Drink from the fire hose this morning. Ready? Open up. In Christ Jesus. By being baptized into Jesus, your nature, the sinful nature that was always going its own way, is united in the death of Christ, Romans 6 says. You are buried through the waters of baptism and united in the nature of his death, so that when you come out of the waters, your old nature is done away with, And you have now been united to the nature of the risen Christ who is in union with the Father. Now you have open heaven. Jesus' name has been attached to your life. His name has become your covering. You have become a temple of God. His name is now over you. And what just took place in those moments is that the name of God, you becoming the temple of his spirit... You now are linked back to the original blessing which is in the garden. You have access to everything that was fall away. Mm-hmm. Even after we have received Christ like this, because the world is screaming at you. There is a system to the world of how the things in the world work. The things in the world function in a certain way. I mean, we have been, humanity has been building kingdoms of its own and its own societal governments and its own ways has been doing that since the very beginning. And so even as a believer, it's so easy to go back to the ways of the world. So when you dream about your future, here's the two avenues. If you go and you start to dream and you write down and you're pulling out of your heart all the potential of life, if you do that, what you'll notice about those dreams is that they are all self-centered. Every one of them. It will, what will come out of you is the best version of your life. Emphasis on yours. Your life. However, if you will go to the Lord and you will be united with the divine purpose of what God's calling you to, and you get that under your feet first, and then from the place of purpose, you ask the same question now, what do I dream about my future? Suddenly you will dream about the future with God's purpose in mind. And what comes out of your heart is that creative potential of heaven speaking to you. You'll think about writing books and touching the world and seeing people redeemed and all that stuff will come out of your heart. It's amazing. Two different versions. Even if you're saved, you can still do dumb. You can still be selfish. You choose that. I mean, how many in here have, you know, even after Christ have done dumb before? Yes. A few of you. Okay. The rest of you are lying. There you go. <laughs> Two different paths. What's it like to pray when you have dreamed on your own with yourself in mind? What's it like to pray? Oh God, I'm asking that you would bless my stuff. Oh God, would you please cause my plans to work? Oh, God. And when, when stuff doesn't work out, what's the prayer like? Oh, God! Why? Why did you do this to my plan? Ah, the devil's against me. Rawr. Right? That person, oh, they're a Jezebel. You'll start to accuse people of weird junk. It's weird. Knock that crap off. All that says about your heart is that you're self-serving. You're way out of whack. If everything's against you and the world's against you and the people are against you and you're raging at that stuff, that's because you're trying to accomplish your thing and people are, are in the way. It reveals your heart. What's it like to pray when you have God's purpose in your heart and you're rooted in that? Oh, it's like this. Oh, Father in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I trust you fully. I have opposition this week. The stuff isn't working the way I thought it was, but I know that you're involved in this, so that's why. I'm not raging at it. I can sidestep things and get out of the way of nonsense. I'm just in it. Lord, your will be done. You can recognize that people aren't the enemy. People aren't the problem. There's probably some things to learn. There's probably some stuff to grow in. There's a, it's a completely different mindset when you are doing God's will versus your will. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you are praying from this position, the spirit of wisdom will come upon your heart. See, because you're united to a Father who is willing to give you wisdom that's unlimited. Remember, over here, you got to figure it out for yourself. you got to work real hard to figure stuff out. Remember, over here, where you're on your own doing your will, you have separated yourself from the source of wisdom because wisdom is in your heart. Remember this? But when you are rooted in the Father's purposes... The unlimited wisdom of heaven is accessible to you, and all you got to do is pray, Father, I need some wisdom right now. And you connect your heart to the source of all wisdom, and suddenly creativity starts happening. You're thinking of problems differently. You're able to solve stuff. It's amazing. You're staying in a place of rest. You're not freaking out about stuff. You're certainly not raging against the things that come against you. Oh, that's out of the way. You know that the victory of overcoming isn't about trying to fix the world. (laughs) Or maybe you don't. Here we go. Ready? This is how it works. Wisdom is like a river. Okay? Repeat after me. Wisdom is like a river. Okay? A life in wisdom just flows. That's just how it works. Okay? And when opposition comes, it's like a boulder. It's standing against. It's in the way. You have some options here. Okay? So when you come to that boulder in your water, what happens? Boy, that was weird. You just keep going. You learned something. You grew. You got skills. You learned discipline from somebody. You you got corrected. Who cares? Moving right around it, growing. Amazing. Did you know that the term spiritual warfare, spirit means breath or wind. Warfare means resistance. It's literally wind resistance. So if you're driving down the road, and let's say you got one of those cars with a beautiful sunroof and you're a little bit of a taller gentleman or gentle lady. Okay? You're taller. And so you open up that sunroof and you can, broop, stick your head out the roof. And you could drive down the highway with your head out of the sunroof driving down the road. What's happening to your face? You're attaching. You're 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 getting some wind resistance. Okay, let me tell you what self-centered living looks like. I curse you, wind, the devil behind the wind that's against me. Oh, that bug hit me. Curse you, devil. Oh, that person, right? They're telling me to duck my head in. Curse you, person, you Jezebel. You're trying to tell me what to do. You're raging at everything, but the problem is, is that your head is out the roof. You're living your life raging against wind resistance when the Holy Spirit is inviting you to embrace wisdom. And wisdom pulls its head in the car. Wisdom changes its behavior and flows around things. Man, I, I, I study the book of Proverbs a lot. Like, like, I've lived, I've given a portion of my life, 10,000 hours to the book of Proverbs, okay? Like, for real. And ask the guys on Thursday mornings, what we do on Thursdays, the men's group. We pray, we prophesy, we minister, and then we talk about the spirit of wisdom. The main driving force in the heart of Solomon in portraying and communicating the spirit of wisdom is that life does not have to be so stinking difficult for you. That that if a person tries to force their will on the world, that it will resist you but that a person who will serve the world and become excellent in their gifts and step around fools and not try to force things to change, but instead with the whisper speak into the king's ear, that they can accomplish so much without suffering the violence of the resisted force on your life. It doesn't have to be like Adam and Eve, out of the Garden of Eden, because this is why Christ came, to make you fruitful. He wants to bless you. Say this to yourself. He wants to bless me. Oh, He wants to bless you. He wants to increase your life. This isn't, okay, listen. This isn't a prosperity gospel in terms of the abusive version of nonsense. Okay? But can I tell you that if you get the gospel, your life is gonna prosper? Things are gonna go better. You'll stop doing dumb. It's amazing how what can happen. Your life becomes covered, there's a protection, there's a blessing that comes to you. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. The person who receives Christ. Has his name written over your life? Has the spirit of this age rebuked? So that when you're going to do God's will, it's like the Garden of Eden, that the world around you cannot resist you becoming fruitful the jungle that was sucked to your face and that humidity and just wouldn't get off of you, when the Spirit of Christ comes over you, that covering, when your life is marked, when you are anointed, The anointing means marked, when you're marked by the Spirit of Christ, the spirit of this age is rebuked back. And suddenly there's room for you to develop your garden. When you partner with people and you get a couple gardens together, there's lots of room. In a place like this, y'all, if you want to, if you want to, you're gonna to have to want to. We could be so fruitful that we affect the world, the whole world. This community right here could change the world. There's enough gardens in this joint that we could change Twin Cities and model to the world that the Lord can transform a community for real. When you come under the banner of Christ, that environment is pushed back. There's room for you to bear fruit. And the blessing of the Lord comes over your life, and suddenly something becomes available that wasn't available before. Genesis 1.28, we'll put it up there. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and rule. And then if you look all the way to the end, it's all the different ways you rule, but rule over the earth. He blessed them. Everyone say, he blessed them. That comes with Christ. You have to start here. The blessing of the Lord comes upon the life that receives Jesus' name as their Lord. You have to start here. There's no other way. You must be baptized into Christ if you want to activate the blessing of the Lord, the fruitfulness and purpose that God has made for your life. Some of you have been working so hard... And you have been doing religion, and you don't even know that you're not aligned with the Spirit of Christ. Others, you got way out of whack, and you started to align your life with other groupings or other spirits, like a political spirit. And you're trying to get something done, but you don't realize that you've aligned under a different spirit. And the kingdom doesn't work like that. You have to come under the Spirit of Christ. There's no other way under heaven to access the Heavenly Father. There's no other way. It's the only way. The Lord's name, Jesus Christ, must come over your life if you want to live under this reality that I'm talking about here. It's why you were created. If you've never received Christ, you should. Don't leave here today without doing it. Even in this moment right now, just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I submit my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. I proclaim the name of Jesus over my life. It's going to be a baptism in August, mid-August. Man, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, get baptized. Watch your whole life open up. There are five stages to this blessing, five layers of it. We're going to run through it right here, and you're going to see where you're at in your process. And I really believe by the end of this, there's like a little bit of a roadmap here. Like if just walking in these things, y'all, your life can affect the world. Number one, you gotta come under the blessing of Christ. There's no other way. You gotta enter into a relationship with him. His purpose for your life, it comes with your connection to the Lord. That's how it comes. Ask him. If you don't know what your purpose is, ask him. He'll talk to you about it. And then... Be fruitful. Everyone say, be fruitful. This seems so simple. But all that it means is do what he says you're supposed to do. That's it. What he says to you, do it. I don't know why people have such a hard time with this. I, I don't know why. But when he tells us to do stuff, we tend to start to tell other people to do it. Man, I can't tell you how many Christian podcasts are out there just repeating what the Lord's saying for them to do that they're not doing. There's a a temptation in this, I'm telling you. It's a delusion that we are not doers of the word, but we're hearers of it. When he talks to you, you're supposed to do it. When he says your purpose is something, you have to stick with it until you bear fruit. You do it until it works, until it affects your life. You, you stay, you don't change the point. You stay on it. Now he will keep giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity until you figure out how to do it. And you'll go round and round the mountain There are people who have gone through generations of life who are still trying to figure out what their purpose is. There's no, like, condemnation in this experience, but I'm telling you, you've been doing it ever since you've known Jesus. It's just that you haven't been realizing it, and so you haven't done it intentionally. But he keeps leading you into opportunities and you're doing it and bearing fruit. And he leads you another opportunity and you learn something new and you bear a little more fruit. And this is what he starts to do. The father starts to come next to you and he's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and remove a different opportunity because it's not on task with bearing fruit. And he prunes you. He's like, hey, you know that dream of living in another country and being a, I don't know, a video blogger and living on the beach and telling other people wise advice or whatever the things is that, that all your, (laughs) the younger generation is doing, wandering the van life world. Okay. He goes, hey, that's kind of off course. Let's just go ahead and we're going to go ahead and prune that so that you can come back and be fruitful in your job because I'm trying to teach you how to be an amazing servant who bears fruit in love. And he goes, yeah, the trip's probably out of the way. We need to actually do what God's telling you to do. He prunes you. If you're out of whack a little bit and you're thinking about me, 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 then you'll rage at that and you'll go, God, why? But if you come back to purpose, you'll realize that all of it's being used for good. All of it. He wants you to become fruitful, and so you have to stick with it until fruit is born. The word must become flesh. What he says to you has to be manifested in your life. Just don't change the point, stick with it. Watch as God unlocks stuff to you. I have a friend, um, Caleb Byerly, you guys know Caleb. Wonderful friend of the house. I, I do things in the nations with Caleb, I love this kid. He has a practice that whenever he gets a dream at night, that he, that he sees as a God dream, what he does with the God dream is he tries to take action upon it. He just follows the dream as if it was instructions. Okay? He's not one of these interpretation guys. I wonder what it means, and gaze into their navel. He doesn't do that. He assumes God's telling him to do something, and then he tries to do it. And somewhere in between his attempt and action, God meets him halfway and supernatural stuff starts to break out. Just do what God's telling you to do, and you'll be amazed at what will happen. Amen, Pastor Jamie. Keep preaching. There we go. (laughs) Be fruitful. Second, multiply. What does that mean? That means that you are doing what God told you to do, And it starts to be noticed, and it starts to affect the people around you. So you're on fire for Jesus, and you're living an amazing life with your family, and you're faithful in your job, and everything's starting to work, and you're bearing fruit, and the people are like, how are you doing that? And you share with them, and you help them to do that. And you work with them, and you minister, and you impart, and you cause what God's doing in you to touch the other person. You give it away for free. You paid a price for it. It was hard to learn, but now you're giving it away to somebody else. And you are multiplying the effect of God on your life to other people. Be fruitful. Multiply. Multiplication happens within your spheres of influence and your relationships. Let me say that again. The multiplication phase happens within your sphere of influence the people that know you and you have relationship with that's important because you don't know how to do this yet and it's going to get ugly you're going to learn a whole lot of things in the phase of learning how to impart to a brother or sister in Christ you're going to learn a whole lot of things in learning how to you know teach a bible lesson to just like a group of kids You're going to learn a whole bunch of things as you're trying to just give away to the people that actually know you. And in that, you're going to learn how to impart. And in that, you're going to grow in your capacity. In that, you're going to prove your fruit works. We have a small group system here. That's the whole point. We created a platform so that y'all could bear fruit in a way that touches other people. That's what that thing's for, by the way. Just do the stuff that you like to do that you think God's breathing on and invite other people to try it. We don't have like an official curriculum here. Do the house curriculum. Do this Bible study. Here's the approved books. Nonsense. We don't do that. Why? Because I trust you. I trust the Holy Spirit in you. I trust that God is working in among us. I do. There is liberty here to bear fruit. Oh, Pastor Jamie, aren't you afraid that somebody's going to come in here with some weirdo stuff? Yeah, have you looked at yourself? Yeah, for sure. There's weirdo stuff all around. Okay, and if you haven't figured it out, it's you. You think you have it all figured out? You don't. You think you know everything? You don't. We're in this together. We have grace for one another. We're Listen, you eat the meat, spit out the bones. Don't be offended by it. Just grow. But I also know that you have the capacity to get up and leave a group. You're not locked into some nonsense. Listen, y'all know how to get up and leave. I watch you every Sunday. You'll do it in the middle of this. By the time I'm done saying this, somebody in this room will get up and leave and go use the bathroom or whatever else. There you go, right there. <laughs> it happens. So I know you have the capacity to say no and leave something that's not healthy or good. Awesome, do that. In the meantime, let's, let's affect each other's lives. Let's sow what God's doing in us to each other. Let's watch as this thing grows and the body matures. Amen. But what happens when God multiplies fruit and the rest of the world out there is lacking what he has done in you? Because I believe this to my core, that God actually is uniquely doing something in you that he intends to touch the world. I think that's your inheritance in eternity. That Jesus wants to do a work in you And he wants it to grow and multiply so that it touches everyone in history. I think that's what he wants to do. I think he's doing a work in you. And he's causing you to become effective and you experience it for yourself. But he wants that gift to be given to everyone. And so you and I have to go through the process of becoming fruitful Helping our community to experience it. But then the next part says what? Fill the earth. Ooh, that's scary. That means that you are going to intentionally share outside of your community. That means that you are going to give your fruit and sow it into a world that doesn't know you and probably will misunderstand. But can I tell you something? There is people around the world waiting, looking for, trying to search for the answers that God hid in your heart and gave to you. And that as soon as you make it available, that the Lord will put it on the wind and it will reach the people it's supposed to reach. He will touch the nations through your life if you'll let him. What it requires is that you are functioning in your purpose, that you are bearing fruit for yourself, and that you have taken the time to learn how to impart to the community around you. You must multiply. But it's meant to go to the ends of the earth, not just to the people you know. And that's scary, but if you'll let him, if you'll surrender to the Lord's will, he will cause something significant to take place. And that doesn't, this doesn't need to be a, Production company thing. It can be so simple. The DNA of heaven, man, it'll be a testimony that you share with a friend and it touches the group and everyone gets excited about it and people begin to experience it. And then someone outside your group shares it with somebody, with somebody, with somebody, and it ends up, it ends up in another nation. The world's much smaller than you realize. Fill the earth. And then lastly, it says subdue and rule. The dominion of heaven gets manifested. Now, I need to pause here. And I must be clear. Because there is a confusion that happens when authority begins to be manifested. The authority of heaven, the purpose of authority, Christ's authority, is to serve The purpose of Christ's authority is to help others become fruitful. Authority that is used to determine other people's courses of action is not a Christ-like authority. God is empowering believers to become fruitful, and then he gives you a dominion, an authority, to speak into lives because you've been so effective for them but he is not inviting you to tell them what to do. The spirit of this age attempts to control people's actions. The spirit of this age attempts to coerce people, and it's all in the name of getting something done. Jesus warned his disciples, and he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is a religious spirit that gives rules to attempt to control how people do things. But the controlled way of doing things does not lead to fruitfulness. He warned against the leaven of the Herodian, which was a political party in that day. Because the spirit of politics also coerces people together to try to get something done. He said the leaven of the kingdom is what we are to be influencing the world with. And the leaven of the kingdom comes by following the Holy Spirit's leadership in your life. Not by trying to dominate, but rather by bearing fruit. Wish I could explain more. Time is limited. You're just going to have to Wrestle with it. It's all right. You and I are called to truly influence the world. And what he's doing in you, he wants to touch the nations with. In your path of fruitfulness, be very careful because the world will attempt to borrow and coerce, coerce you into using your kingdom, authority, and influence to promote their agenda. And we have watched in recent years as people, men and women of God, who have borne fruit and become and filled the world with their influence, and then suddenly begin to try to participate with the political spirit. And then you watch all hell break loose around the things that they were stewarding, like their businesses, or their, you know, influence in Hollywood, or whatever else, you watch it all come crashing down. Why? What happened there? Because the world, our job is to serve the world. Our job is to grow in that fruitfulness and influence and allow and trust the Holy Spirit is doing the same in other people's hearts and lives. You have to keep your hand open and surrender. And I wish, I wish, I wish that you could legislate godliness into a nation, but you cannot. And by choosing to legislate, you actually create a backlash that causes problems. Not for your generation, but for the next one. So we win a victory in one generation, and you don't realize the ramifications in the next two. Friends, God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to influence the world, but he wants us to do it with an open hand of trust to his spirit. You have to allow him to do the work. Don't try to force your way. Would you stand to your feet today? Mm-hmm. There you go. It's all for free. Thank you, Jesus. You might want to get that podcast and really listen to it. Careful about quoting me if you're mad at me. Every one of these stages can happen very quickly. It doesn't take years and years and years. But it does require submission to Christ. So the Lord will make you fruitful, and He'll bless you, and He'll cause you to to shine. And He wants to touch this generation. He wants to do a work in this generation, the nations. He wants to do all of that for His kingdom's sake. But it requires an open hand of trust towards Him. The heart that is self-serving and seeking influence for its own purpose will rage when things don't go its way. The heart that is open in standing on the will of God and praying that the will of God is done will trust the Father in the process and will find that your life bears fruit. There is room here. There is a jungle there. May the Holy Spirit give you wisdom as you go through this day in this week, the days ahead. Father, I thank you for each one. I'm asking this morning, Holy Spirit, for a holy alignment. God, that you would take what was said and that you would cause the the shifting and the, 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 the wrestling, Lord, to find its way to firm foundation in Christ, that these lives would be established in your will and your ways. God, I thank you for the process that you have each one in, that some are learning to bear fruit right now, Lord, some are searching for that foundation. God, you're revealing it in these days. Some, oh Lord, are already bearing fruit and it's time to start sharing it with others. Lord, I thank you, some have already multiplied and this is what I really feel is prophetic, is that many of you have already multiplied and the Lord is saying to you, son, daughter, it's time. It's time for you to release what I have done into the world so that it can get, touch the wind and touch the nations. And so, Lord, I thank you for these things. Now I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. Oh, may he just pour out extreme blessing. Blessing that just could, could not possibly be measured. Under the banner of Christ, may your life become so ridiculously blessed. Oh, Lord, that you would heap upon heap, grace upon grace for each one. Lord, that you would cause your lights to shine upon them. Lord, bless them. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Oh, may He be the one who guards your life, living in trust with Him, that you would let go and cease to try to control, but rather entrust your life to Him. May He keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. So gracious, so powerfully gracious. May the Lord's favor come on your life and open doors in proportion to the fruit. May his countenance shine upon you. May he heap that grace and let the peace of God guard your heart and mind, his shalom, that you would advance that kingdom of the Prince of Peace and that you would live within that realm, never to be again tormented by the spirit of this age. God, I thank you for this. I bless your people today in the mighty name of Jesus. And anyone dare to agree with all that, they said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.